0: Welcome back to the Society Case Files Podcast. My name is Robert and I'll be your host. Today I want to talk about writer's block. Last time it was plot, this time I really want to delve into the whole concept of what it means to find yourself in a position where you just can't create. Whether it's music, writing, whatever it is you do, what's stopping you from getting to the next landmark or big boulder, however you want to put it. What is it that stops us from actually creating and how do you overcome it? I've had to figure out a lot of ways to fight that back, considering that I've had monthly deadlines since 2016 to complete books for people and various other projects throughout as well. My own uh, things that come up just to help friends out, that sort of thing. And I've never really had an opportunity to effectively fail. It's not that I'm saying I'm superhuman. It's that necessity has helped breed some of these disciplines that I'm going to discuss. And I think it will help if uh, if you're at a stage where you're ready to make a big commitment that you want to overcome some of the stuff that just comes up all the time and, and threatens your free moments that you can use to do whatever it is you're trying to do. And this applies not only to the creative side of the house, and though I'm going to focus on that, it can also be utilized very easily by entrepreneurs and that sort of thing. Now, I should say that some of what I'm talking about here, some of the work that uh, I'm going to be drawing from that I've read about is from Stephen Pressfield. He writes a series of books that are self-help for artists and creators and anyone basically trying to strike out on their own into positions that require you to be self-governing and have the discipline to do what you need to do in order to achieve your goals. Um, The big one is called The War on Art, and you'll find that at uh, Amazon, in Kindle, and paperback. I have a copy of it right by my desk all the time, and it really does help just inspire me to get things done. So let's talk first about the concept of writer's block specifically. So I'm a writer, I'm creating something, and I come to a point where I don't know what to do next. That shouldn't really happen with good preparation. If you start writing without a plan, you're much more likely to hit writer's block than if you plan out the novel ahead of time. It doesn't have to be a chapter-by-chapter breakdown, Uh, in order to be prepared enough, but it should be a a solid synopsis with some deep dive in order to know what the story is going to do. You should always know where the story is going next, and the only time you really want to stray too far from that is if a fantastic idea strikes you, and that's when you need to have the discipline to evaluate the rest of your outline and see, did this awesome idea change anything that is going to come after this point, And did it alter anything in the back back end, uh, the stuff you've already written, basically? And so if it does, then you want to pause as excited as you might be and take a minute to create your outline again and make sure that it is solid and ready to go. And then you can continue on because, I mean, ultimately you do have to be flexible. Great ideas come as you're writing and sometimes you're writing a character in one way you thought and it's coming out in a much cooler way. And so you do want to make that big change. But again, it's about the discipline of knowing that you need to take that next step and follow through with your preparations. Because as soon as your preparations break down, your chances of writer block increase dramatically. Uh, When you don't have a plan, when you don't have something to look forward to writing, then it's easier to put off to do whatever else it is that's going on, whether that's watch another show, read another chapter of your favorite book, whatever the case may be. It's just more reason to not be writing. And the less time you spend on it, the farther apart you get from your last session, the better chance you're going to have of that writer's block getting bigger and bigger. Because now, let's say you take three weeks off from your novel and you were maybe a quarter of the way through. Well, now your next writing session is not going to be just to sit down and continue. You're going to have to go and at least read the last chapter you wrote if not read the whole thing, to get it back in your head. And that's even with an outline. And you might want to have to read through your outline as well. So writer's block is about a few things. One is consistency. If you can consistently sit down and write at least a couple of sentences every day, then you're making progress. And you won't fall out of sorts with what you're working on in the sense that you won't forget where you were. And you'll be able to progress with a solid understanding of what you wanted to create in the first place. The second thing is preparation, which I've already discussed, outlines, knowing where you're going, that sort of thing. And then it is really down to discipline. If you've done those first two things, if you have been writing every day and you have a great plan, then you just need to have the discipline to tell yourself, hey, whatever it is that is trying to distract me, whether it's doom scrolling on the internet or watching videos on YouTube, stop that stuff and just work on the project. Stephen Pressfield talks about that sort of stuff in the book. I'm not going to go too deep into it because I'd love for you to read it. It's a fantastic just guidebook for everything, but it's called Resistance and it's anything at all that draws your attention from what you're trying to do. And this, again, extends to all manner of things. Besides creativity, it is your business. It's your painting. It's getting that home project done, whether it's building your fence or painting the house, whatever it is, whatever you need to be getting done, there are things called resistance, vying for your time, and they're anything. So you just have to be aware that that's what's happening. It's I sit down to the keyboard to write a couple of chapters, and I find myself watching videos about Destiny Two and trying to study how to get specific mods for my weapons. You know, two hours later, I haven't written a word, but I know everything there is to know about Destiny 2's new system. And well, that's not bad because you need downtime. You've got to cool off, and you've got to find ways to become inspired. When you are supposed to be working, you need to you need to actually do the work. That's another one of Pressfield's books, by the way. It's called Do the Work. You should probably check that one out, too. And that leads me to another way of getting around writer's block. It's staying inspired. It's reading the books that are like what you enjoy writing. It's watching movies that help inspire you or give you an emotional outlet or impact you in some awesome way or playing a video game that has some really deep story or maybe it just helps you clear your mind. Uh, Whatever the case is, you've got to find ways to keep your mind active and always thinking of, of new ways to approach whatever it is you're doing as well. That's why consuming media of all sorts is really important for artists. You've got to be able to listen to new kinds of music or listen to some undiscovered music that maybe you should have heard when you were young, but you just missed out on it somehow. Whatever it is, it will help you to always be thinking creatively and go, wow, how did they do that? What inspired them to make that happen? And that's ultimately why we take classes like art appreciation and study the artists that created the things that we appreciate, because we want to understand not only their motivations behind it, but we want to see beyond just the surface of whatever it is we're looking at, or listening to, or reading. And in some cases, it's as trivial as this book was obviously written just for fun and it's an action adventure and there's not really a whole lot to it beyond that. Or there are the situations where you're reading it and you're like, wow, this is a very deep study of the psyche of the author. And these characters are representative of the emotions that they went through during one of the most difficult times of their lives. All of that. And in between, are important. And if you can recognize them, great. That's important for your own creative journey so that you can implement those things at will. You can decide, is this character really going to be sort of a cathartic moment for me? Are they going to do things that I wish I would have done in a horrible situation? Or am I just writing for entertainment value? There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Not every project has to be some deep, Uh, contender for an Oscar or uh, Pulitzer or whatever the act of entertaining other people is extremely important and I would even venture to say I find it a more noble cause in a lot of ways because especially in this day and age people are having it rough I mean there's a lot of stuff going on and if you can take someone out of that world for a few hours then that's awesome and so When you're faced with writer's block, you can look at your sort of ability and power as a creator from a couple of ways. You could be intimidated by it. You could be at a point where you're thinking, oh, my goodness, hundreds, if not thousands of people might read this, might. And it's sort of me not getting it done. And even though those people aren't necessarily expecting it, maybe they are, but if they're not, then that pressure doesn't really exist. But I mean, you could be thinking, I could, even if I only reached a handful of people and they had a great time with this, that's a handful of people that were thinking of something else and distracting themselves during very difficult times. So that's one way you could be intimidated. You could also find it very inspiring and want to push on. Whatever it takes to give you that discipline and help you take the next step to get past as we're talking about writer's block or the inability to finish something, it's, it's a good thing. And that inspiration might be, you know, I've been playing X video game for 300 hours. And I finally feel like I've got a sense that the uh, people who created it were really excited about whatever system in that game. And as you explore that particular part of it, you can really feel their excitement just because of how well it, it is presented, how polished it is, um, how engaging it is and all of that kind of thing. And it's moments like that when you just have that epiphany of, oh, my goodness, look at what creative people can do when they're really happy and, and, and inspired. And then that's what you want to take away from that. You want to look at your own work and go, what is it about what I'm doing? That is super neat to me. It may not be incredibly uh, original, but it's something that inspires you and makes you happy. I'm going to use malevolence as an example. When I started working on the comic uh, prior to doing it, I was always looking for ways to make sure everything was as original as possible to just get away from any sort of tropes to avoid too many stereotypes and just plunge forward like a pioneer in whatever genre I was attempting. And honestly, it's so hard to do that. It's almost impossible to be completely original without going way crazy. And I'm not the kind of writer or creator that can take myself to some insane level of total madness. Uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not in the mindset of Neil Gaiman where I could create these insanely fantastic worlds that, are very divorced from any sense of reality and then make them real to people because I think that's what one of his gifts is. And I don't really have that so much because I really like rooting what I do in some sense of reality, bringing it home to a place where other people can go, hey, I know that place he's talking about because somewhere in their town or somewhere in their state or wherever they've been, they've seen it, experienced it and that sort of thing. And then it kind of invites them to participate in the shared imagined space of whatever i'm working on so that's for me when i started working on malevolence i recognized that it wasn't the most original place to start from Uh, it shared a lot of dna with carmilla hammer films uh, dracula just a lot of vampire stereotypes and then i twisted it still the vampires can do certain things that you haven't necessarily seen in movies. And I really focused on the romantic aspect. And while it is still a horror and lots of terrible things happen, at its heart, it's a gothic romance. And that's what I really wanted to make. And it's funny because for years I had been creating things that, yes, I loved. I love the Society Case file stuff. I like all of the books that I've written. But I had always avoided doing a book exactly like Malevolence because I was just concerned that it would be too derivative. And when I finally just said, you know what? I don't necessarily care. I want to do this vampire story. So I'm just going to do it. I'm going to see what happens and make it as fun as possible. And here I am. I finished the first season. We're well into the second season. The uh, reception has been awesome. I've gotten lots of compliments. People seem to be enjoying it. And ultimately, that's what mattered, was creating something that's fun. And at some point, I did realize that while I do belong to enough groups of curmudgeonly creatives and, and those who consume tons of media, and after reading their comments about remakes from Hollywood and stuff that's kind of ripped off from other things, you know, they get pretty hostile about it. Let's just call it like it is. Um, harsh stuff comes out of them when it comes to these sorts of things. And I realized that I was allowing myself to be guided by what is essentially a vocal minority. And this came from a few places. One was, um, when last of us two had a huge story leak and a lot of people were upset about what that leak presented. And, uh, it just made this particular group of internet people just enraged. And I believed a few of the news outlets when they said, Oh, this is it. This game is going to fail. Now the boycott is real, so on and so forth. And then when it came out, it was like one of the highest selling games in, sony history same goes with remakes and late-term sequels i mean people are going to see them and i think it's because they just want something that is familiar they don't necessarily care that it's ridiculous and probably shouldn't exist they just want to go and have fun and in some cases that means jumping on board to something that has been done before Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing and this can lead to a form of writer's block Because you are sitting there going, my goodness, this is a lot like X, Y, or Z, and no one's going to want that, or I belong to groups where people would tease this, and that's not necessarily something that should stop you. It could be something that compels you to make some changes so that maybe it is a little bit more unique. I think people don't mind if you start from a familiar foundation as long as you go in unexpected directions once in a while. It can't be a rewrite of Dracula word for word with different characters. It can't be Frank, the vampire, living in a manor and inviting a lawyer to come visit him. And then basically people are reading Dracula, but it's set in 1964 or something. And while that might do well, it is one of the things that your groups that you might belong to would probably be like, really? This is ridiculous. And if that matters to you, then... You might want to think about it and reassess and go in a different direction. You could be stopped from creating from anything. It could be anxiety about what your friends will say about what you're working on. It could be that you just read a post and you feel like it's really addressing you because of how specific the verbiage is and that person is attacking something that you are also creating and that they didn't know about. And so now you're like, oh my goodness, do I need to scrap this all together? Should I just stop? And that delay, that moment of uncertainty can actually lead you to just stagnation. And this is true of everything. Again, if I go back to a sort of entrepreneurial thing, if you're trying to start a business and you notice that people are doing something similar and failing then you might be afraid to venture out on your own, even though maybe your idea is way better. Maybe you've got better experience than that person. Perhaps you've been doing something that is so close to what you're doing and they've never done it before. You don't really know where other people are coming from. And you also don't know what's blocking them. What are what resistances are they struggling with that cause them to fail? Because ultimately, all of this act of creation is just will. And discipline. Can you get to the finish line with whatever you're doing? Is it the composition of your lifetime? Will you get to the end? Will you finish that last note? Will you be able to start over and really decide if that chorus is too long or long enough or whatever? And are you going to harness everything you've learned into making it the best product you can? Or are you going to give up somewhere in the middle and give in to resistance and allow yourself to effectively just shrug it off? And I've got to be honest with you, there is absolutely no shame in stopping work on a project. You could get to a point where you're like, wow, okay, I can't finish this one for a number of reasons, whatever they may be. I'll give you a great example of mine. I had a fantastic idea to do a sci-fi story. And as I started it out, I had these characters pretty well fleshed out. And I was following the perspective of a criminal. And he encounters this very naive knight. And after about eight more pages, I was writing Star Wars. Not just sort of derivative, it looks like Star Wars. No, it was basically Star Wars. And the funniest part about that was I didn't initially realize that when I set it up. It was only when I started to paint the scenes and start to really have the characters interact that I realized, my goodness, I guess I was just in the mood to watch Star Wars. And sometimes that's how we create too. You'll like play a video game and go, this is awesome. And then you'll sit down and you'll start writing something that is like that because you want to have that experience again, but new. And sometimes that's great. Because having that sense of I really need to take the next step on whatever it is I love can lead to something unique and interesting. And let me rephrase that because that sounded a little confusing in my head. If I'm watching Star Wars and I have this fantastic feeling because it's just nostalgic and fun and I've seen it seven million times, but I really want to recapture that sense of wonder that I had when I first watched it if I sit down to write a novel or a short story or make a video or a comic, I'm trying to capture that same nostalgia. And I want to inject that so that the people who are experiencing my work will feel something similar. And it may not be the same life-altering moment that many of us had watching Star Wars for the first time, but it should be something that really captures the imagination or at least makes them go, "Oh man, I really love sci-fi in general, or I really enjoy horror. It's just so creepy. And it really makes me think. And I, and I get to ask a lot of great questions. So that's what helps to overcome writer's block, finding emotions and then injecting them into the things that you are trying to create. When you think about it like that, then there's not really too many reasons why you can't progress Now, sometimes writer's block manifests itself in such a way that you do have a plan and you've got everything, but you just can't find the words. And that's ultimately where discipline comes into play. Uh, Roger Zelazny said that he would write multiple times a day. He would write at least a couple of sentences, sometimes a lot more. And ultimately, he was eventually going to finish that project. That can help for some people, but if you literally cannot find the words... To make progress. Then I have another idea too. Occasionally I'll be looking at my piece. And be like. I don't really want to start the next section. The next chapter is going to be really in depth. It's got a lot of emotional stuff. That I just don't want to explore right now. I'm not in the mindset to go there. So what I'll do is I'll go back. And look at what I've written already. And see is any of this. Requiring some attention. Maybe I want to flesh out a scene that is a little thin. Maybe I want to change something that I think I could write better. And you might make progress because you could find a section that that really needed a good conversation between a couple of characters. And that might inspire you to write that part. And then you've made some progress, but you haven't necessarily pushed the overall plot forward, but you have added to the book and you fleshed it out a little bit. Now, of course, I should caution that occasionally that can lead to bloating a book unnecessarily. You could add scenes that will later be cut. That's okay, too. I mean, ultimately, you're doing a rough draft, a first draft, if you will. And in many cases, you're going to go back through and cut some things. It really depends on your workflow and how you best operate. But it's better to do something than nothing. Even if you can't do what I just said, if you can't flesh something out, Maybe you could go back and just read it and find what inspired you to even start it. Sometimes writer's block is, I don't even know why I started writing this project. What was I thinking? And that's when you go back and you read your prologue or your first chapter because often we've put the most excitement into that. I mean, that's the breaking of the ground. That's cutting the ribbon to let people in. In this case, it's letting ourselves into the story that we've imagined to create. But that should capture your attention again and you you should be able to say, oh, I remember. Now I get it. Yeah, I I even remember where I was when I thought of this story. Yeah, I was driving to work or buying groceries or whatever the case was that when you got the inspiration to do this. But it can remind you of those moments or maybe you are watching a specific movie and that inspires you to maybe watch a couple of scenes. Yeah, I, I don't often sit down and watch older films that I love that I've seen millions of times just from front to finish. Oftentimes what I do is I'll hop in and just watch a couple of scenes that were extremely memorable or or impactful to me. And those can provide me with the kind of inspiration I need in order to make something else. Now, admittedly, I have a lot of projects going all at once. I've got comics. I've got a role-playing game I'm making. I've got books that I'm writing. So I do have the benefit of hopping around when I don't necessarily feel one project. So if I'm working on a Society Case Files novel, but I'm also working on something for Malevolence, occasionally I'll be more in the mood for one or the other, and I'll jump on that. Uh, Of course, if you are like me and you do have multiple projects, these can act as resistance as well. Uh, You might not actually finish either of them because you keep bouncing between them and then you forget what you were doing on one you've got to go back and reread it all that crazy stuff and so effectively you're wasting time which then starts to weigh on you because i mean as creators often we have some kind of anxiety something's going on some adhd whatever it is that that we have that we have to battle and and it could be what i just said or it could be something innocuous like i'm just lazy (laughs) I mean, occasionally that's the truth for me is that I'm just like, I just don't feel like doing anything. I'd rather just sit and binge a show for a few hours. And while I, again, that's okay because you've got to unwind and you've got to find time to do those things. uh, There, there does come a moment when you've got to be like, no, you need to sit on the couch with no TV in front of you and just work, pick the project, get it done. I know that some of what I'm talking about sounds easier said than done, and maybe that's true, but not to be too harsh. Ultimately, regardless of all of the tools I've talked about and all the methods by which you can inspire yourself or, or fight through the block, it really boils down to one thing, and that is discipline. That is the discipline to get it done. It is the ability to be self-employed, self-motivated, to create deadlines that matter to you and to achieve them. We see a lot of stories with writers and they've got their agent on the phone or their publisher or whoever, and they're like, your deadline's coming up. You need to make it happen. You've already missed three of them. That's pretty unacceptable. I mean, if you're a huge name, you probably don't have too tight of deadlines or you can negotiate them fairly well, but... If you are in a position where you're experiencing real serious writer's block, then you probably can design your own deadlines. And if you make them too harsh, they can actually create anxiety and discomfort about the project and make it no fun at all, and then it's easier to abandon. And if they're too loose, like, I'm going to finish this book in three years, well, that's not tight enough to give yourself any exterior reason to to work on it too these are all tools they're all methods to help you to create not necessarily to hamper you we can turn anything into a challenge i mean that's what creators do is we're making challenges for our characters all the time but we can do it to ourselves we can corrupt our best assets turn them against ourselves allow our anxieties to just win I've thrown in the towel plenty of times in just abject rage. Just, I'm done. I can't handle it anymore. I'm frustrated. This bores me. Whatever horrible emotion you want to think of, I've experienced it on this journey to the point where I am now. I'm not trying to brag, and I'm, I'm absolutely not some top best-selling novelist, obviously, but I have created well over 70 books for one of my clients. And I've been doing it since 2018 with him. And before that we worked on a few smaller projects. I wasn't doing it quite every single month then. I've written a lot of my own books. I've done a lot of stuff. And the reason I bring all of that up. Again it's not to brag. It's to express that I have grappled with writer's block. And resistance. And resistance every single day and overcoming it has really come down to again using all the tools we talked about in this podcast but also in just having discipline to just decide that i'm going to do that project and i'm going to make a sprint today and no matter what i'm going to find a way to get that done now i have the experience to allow writing to flow easier than some people only because I have done it a lot and I think that the more you do it the less chance you're going to experience writer's block because you will have planned out well enough a great example is is that my uh, ghostwriting work generally comes in eight book blocks so I've got a plan for eight novels to create and and having a block through those is is fairly rare honestly. I do the same thing for myself. I'm working on the World's Apart series for Society Case Files, and I'm currently on the seventh of eight books. And the seventh book is completely outlined. I've got basically sections, they're paragraphs that describe what a scene is going to be. And each scene is between two and 4,000 words. And I can just write whatever section I feel like in the novel. That's how I battled writer's block because I found that when I was writing them in sequence, prologue to end, I would occasionally be like, "Eh, I don't want to write that next scene. It just sounds so lame. I'm just not in the mood for it. And then I wouldn't. So then I thought, well, wait, what if I just jump ahead? What if I write a scene that I'm actually excited about? Maybe there's two other characters that I want to interact really bad, and I'd rather write that. And so that's when I started to do this method. And it really worked well for me because, again, the whole thing was planned out anyway. So jumping around works. Um, I'm not so much doing that with the malevolence uh, novellas. Those I am doing sequentially, mostly because they're in first person and they segue very nicely into each chapter. So I really do have to pay attention to order. But again, there's so many ways to do it, there's no right or wrong way. To approach your project. If you've got it all in your head, if you've got fantastic notes, then change it up. Find ways to keep it exciting and interesting and make it work. Ultimately, you'll finish with something and then you can fix it. Now, the internet is full of platitudes and memes that glorify the struggles of writers. And some of them are fun, I admit. They're, they're, occasionally funny but the one that i'm talking about is you can't edit an empty page so if you're staring at that blank page you got to put something down you need to use it for planning you need to outline you need to find the time the discipline you need to decide if this is really what you want to do and then you just need to finish it and i know that's easier said than done I hope that everything else we've talked about here today can help you find some of the discipline and some of the tools necessary to progress in whatever project you're working on. Um, I do highly recommend those books. I'll mention them again. Stephen Pressfield is the author. Do the Work is one of them, and The War of Art is the other. They're fantastic. I think that they can really inspire you to make it work. But anyway... I want to thank you very much for listening to the podcast today. I had a great time. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear more, please check out the website at www.societycasefiles.com. And if you want to support the project, go ahead and visit www.ko fi.com. And don't forget to check out Malevolence. Again, we're on season two. It's fantastic. You can find it at the Tempastic site. It's uh, super fun. So anyway, thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next time.